have now deemed things that are dysfunctional as functional. Well, yes. We have become so accustomed to things that are negative, we put positive things on it because we're so used to negative. Right. Wrong is wrong. Yes. You know, you can dress it up, you can put some smell good on it, you know, hey, you can put some fresh new tennis shoes on it. Wrong is wrong. And so we have to begin to now, see, this is the challenge because, you know, we want to we, we want to shout, we want to dance, but I'm going to give you some practical things, I'm going to give you some biblical knowledge, and I'm going to give you some examples of this, and, and we're going to, you know, leave down from this place. But these are really hard conversations that you have to have with yourself. And this requires some digging. Yeah. This requires some soul searching. This requires uh, some questions that need to be asked of those who have gone before you. Come on. Because dysfunction and pain is rooted in our family tree. Well. Dysfunction and pain is rooted in our family's heritage that we have for years and generations have covered up because we don't want to deal with the pain. Yeah. But pain as we talked in last year in one of our series, pain produces the promise. Amen. If I can get through the pain, the promise will be revealed unto me. Amen. So there's some pain that I have to endure in order to get to the promised state. That diamond is not going to be a diamond if it does not go through the fire, if it does not go through the crushing, if it does not go through the various things that need to make it to be able to withstand the longevity of holding its particular sparkle, its shape, and everything that makes it a diamond. Because we have a tendency to say, oh, that's a diamond in the rough. And a lot of us stay in the rough and never become diamonds. Come on, come on. Because we're afraid of the process, we're afraid, we're afraid of the, we're afraid of the pain and the pressure that it takes to produce diamonds. Come on. And so, as I was studying this and beginning to get information as it as it relates to uh, finding out what particular characteristics uh, are upon a dysfunctional family, I said, "Wow, some of this stuff is in my bloodline." No one is exempt. Now, as a shocking statement, it's going to be like, everyone has some shape, form, or fashion of dysfunction in your family bloodline. There's no need for you to try to act like, because we're going to see in the royal family they had dysfunction. King David's family. Royalty does not exempt you. Well, your money doesn't protect you. Your status doesn't protect you. That does not protect you from having some form of dysfunction that comes in the bloodline. Why? Because we're going to talk about the rhythm. We have all been born in sin. Well, this is after the fall of Adam. So sin nature is in the earth realm. So because sin nature is in the earth realm, there is opportunity for us to choose. This is where we have to begin to examine the things. What choices am I making to remove myself from the dysfunction and the hurt of my past? Do I continue and keep making the same mistakes, the same bad choices, the same patterns that I saw my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my uncles, my cousins? Do I keep seeing a repetitive, continuing cycle? Because believe it or not, if you if you stop for a moment and pay a little bit of attention, come on, all you need is just to pay a little bit of attention. You'll see the areas where there are fallen things that are on your bloodline when you look at some of your relatives and you see the constant things that they're still dealing with year after year, yeah. month after month, yeah. week after week. You see these things. You say, you know what? This thing is looking like a pattern. And when you identify the pattern of what is broken, now you can begin to make adjustments to now make choices and decisions where you can become in a position where you can fix some of those things and not continue but break the cycles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Yeah. But the only way we're going to break those cycles is through the power of the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. His love is what's going to prepare us to be ready to love effectively and to have a relationship that will be long-lasting. Where we don't continue to jump in and out of relationships as soon as things get tough, as soon as things get hard, as soon as, as, soon as there are challenges we want to give up. Because we're quick to give up because we said, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be like my mom or my daddy. Well, what is it that you're going to do if you want to be happy? You're
you're going to have to fight for something that you really want. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Everybody wants relationship, but they don't want to learn how to relate to one another in order to keep longevity. Ah, that's good. That's good. Because to relate means to get, I get to relate to you. I get to know you. I get to find out who you are, what your likes and dislikes are, in order to build a relationship.
Some features that are common in most dysfunctional families. These are a couple of reasons I'm going to read. A lack of empathy, understanding, and sensitivity towards certain family members while expressing extreme empathy or appeasement towards one or more members who have real or perceived special needs. In other words, one family, one family member continuously receives far more than they deserve while another is marginalized. That's when you develop those sibling rivalries because parents may show a little bit more attention to the other children. Oh, that's an issue. Denial, refusal to acknowledge abusive behavior, possibly believing that the situation is normal or even beneficial, also known as the elephant in the room. When you deny that there's an issue, that there's abusive behavior, there's a problem, there's some struggle, we have to be able to admit it if we're going to get help. Disrespect of others' boundaries, physical contact that other person dislikes, breaking important promises without just cause, purposely violating boundary another person has expressed. Another example, and we're going to get to another point, and I'm going to get to the scripture. Unequal or unfair treatment of one or more family members due to their birth order, gender, age, family role, abilities, race, may include frequent appeasement of one member of the, at the expense of others, or even inconsistent enforcement of rules. So based on, you know, girls get these set of rules, boys get this set of rules. We have to begin to find out and develop an understanding to have balance to be able to identify how we're going to raise our children because these, the way we raise our children is going to be a direct correlation of how they become as adults. Amen. So you're thinking the things that you do around them as children don't matter. You just tell them, go in your room and uh, don't watch what I do. And you right. just do what I say. Come on. things I want to point out um, it gave this is an experience from a, a child who's now an adult that had grew up in an alcoholic household and he begins to talk about some of the characteristics that he deals with as a result of him growing up in an alcoholic household how he begins to interact with people based on his experience in his house See, how we interact at home is going to directly affect how we interact socially outside of home. Amen. 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 See, we're lacking social skills now because we have so much social media. Mm -hmm. So media has taken the place of personal interaction. Mm -hmm. Because now you can just text your son or daughter while they're upstairs. message, you know, you can do all these other various things, the technology, and, you know, and then we, we lose face-to-face -face value. Yeah. Yeah. But in a home where there's been addiction, where there's been abuse in, 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 to a certain substance, these are some of the attributes that he shared. This is his own personal experience and some of the traits. This is not necessarily that maybe a trait of identity in the process. We are frightened by angry people and any personal criticism. We either become alcoholics, marry them, or both. Or find another compulsive personality such as a workaholic uh -huh. to fulfill our sick of wanting to make you think that you can change an individual uh, to become what you think they should be. Uh, Listen to this. Based on what you didn't get at home. Uh, so now let me help you because I want you to get free. I see a lot of women who have a who do not have a father in the home. They marry an older man because they're looking for a father figure. Well, you're telling the truth. Come on. Come on. I'll talk to personal people. I was working with a young lady. Her, her, her husband, she married him because now, at a, because he was older, he had established things that men in her age group didn't have. Uh -huh. So he had a house, he had a car, he had a job with a pension. Come on. Yeah. He was financially secure. Come on. He was able to provide. He was able to protect her.
have thought that he would take on that protecting particular type of yeah. model yeah. because the people in her age group, they're not willing to protect. They just want to say, oh, girl, leave it. That ain't nothing. Wow. Yeah. But a seasoned man is going to stand up for his family and for his yeah. woman. Come on. Yeah. This young lady was, and her husband was probably about 22 years age difference. Because when I had, I had a conversation with her, she didn't grow up with her father. Her mom had issues and her grandmother was raising her. And she would tell me the different type of things that she would get into in her lifestyle. She used to sell drugs. Because she became the provider for her own self when nobody else was there to provide. Uh-huh. Then she found herself in various abusive relationships. Uh-huh. Come on. Where men didn't appreciate her uh-huh. because she was in this mode of having a pity party. Uh-huh. Come on. Well, it, 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 he, he, he abused me and he, he must love me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Because they too. lack discipline in the home structure. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You're teaching good too, sir. I'm giving you wisdom today. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> Even though we did not pick up the drink. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this addiction, whatever addiction may be that you've been around in your family, you have to understand what he's talking about, and this is what we teach it. There's a spirit. You know, take your drink and, you know, you can socially drink on a social basis and with your friends. But then you found out that socially your bottle came home with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh and not just the Friday night, you know, happy hour. But Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it became a repetitive thing in yeah. your life. Yeah. And now it's a struggle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's got you bound. Yeah. And you find yourself struggling in relationships in your life because now if this thing really grabs a hold to you, you're going to find things around you falling apart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're telling the truth. Yeah. Because of substance abuse, how many people have lost their family, Amen. their jobs, Amen. their loved ones? Yeah. Because of substance abuse. Amen. Because substance abuse causes you to abuse those around you. Amen. Not intentionally, but indirectly because the the, the particular substance has a hold of you. Yes, that's real. True. That's real. Yes. So now this creates dysfunction. Yes. Yes. That's right. This creates pain. This young man who was a who was a child, now he's an adult, listen at his struggle as an adult. Now I got pity on people. I'm trying to rescue people. I'm trying to, you know, help these folks that, 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 that don't, that I can't rescue because I want to be accepted by them. So now, let's flip the script because I'm, I'm going to give you in the, in the scripture a dysfunctional family and see some things that happen. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 13. There's some stuff that I found out that I don't have time to teach today. I really would have to bring it up in a Bible study. But and it was a valid point, you know, you, know, you start studying, you find some different things that people begin to say, so I said, man, this add up. But I don't have time to bring it up today because it would take me way off. That's a whole other lesson. All right. Y'all ready? Amen. How many people here know David, King David? Amen. You know a little bit about about his life. A little bit. Let me give you a little backdrop of David. Now, David <coughs> was the youngest of Jesse's sons. Um, and when it came time for him to be selected and chosen to be king over Israel, um, when Samuel was at Jesse's house, and Je- Samuel asked Jesse, he said, well, he's all your sons. He said, no. He said, I got one boy that's out there that's pretending to the sheep. He said, well, bring him in. And so he brought him in and God told Samuel, this is the one to anoint. Yeah. David is anointed king. But he doesn't immediately take the throne. Right. He goes through a process. Because he's a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go from shepherd to palace. That's right. Come on. Come on. I told you he was a diamond in the rough. See? Yeah. He had to go through some process. Yeah. He had to go through almost being kegel by Saul. Yeah. Yeah. Before he gets to the throne. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you got to know the story. So now let's speed it up. 
So David is king. He becomes king. And because he's in this position of having authority, power, we talked about this PMS in one of our series a long couple of years ago, Power, Money, Sex, PMS. You know what I'm talking about? That premenstrual cycle. <laughs> power, Money, Sex. You have to go back and go in the archives and get that message. That's another story. But we, we talked about David in this. So David becomes king, and because of his authority and his power, um, he's one day sitting out on his balcony, and he sees Bathsheba. Oh, this girl is fine. She's nice. She's bathing. King David said, man, I want her. So he takes advantage of the opportunity because of his position, and he goes after her, sends her husband on the front line. Because if I'm going to get to her, i got to get rid of him. Come on. So I want you to see some things that's on his bloodline, this, 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 this particular mindset. Because lust will not allow anything to hinder it from getting what it wants. Amen. That's right. That's right. Come on. Yeah. Because he was lusting after Bathsheba, he created an opportunity where he could have her. He got her, laid with her, got her pregnant. Now because he got her pregnant, that's what he wanted to get rid of. Oh, you're right. He said, because he out the war. Right. How you pray? Hello. I should have been here. 21st century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. Come yeah. here. I should have been 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 here. I should <laughs> so David has Uriah killed because now she gets pregnant, but she loses the baby. David goes through this whole uh, mourning process because she done lost the baby because yeah. he's all infatuated with her and all sorts of various things. Yeah. He had the man killed. Then Nathan the prophet comes to tell him his wrong and uh -huh. all the various things. Then he writes Psalms 51 and he says, Create me a clean heart. Lord, I repent. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I messed up. I did wrong. But that lust that's on him. Yeah, Still is in his blood. Yeah. Because yeah. the Bible talks about in Exodus 34, it says that the sins of the father, the iniquities yeah. of the father who begin to fall upon the third and fourth generation. Yeah, now you gotta understand something. Iniquities is not the same as transgressing and sin. When we get to iniquity, we get to a point in place where now this thing has got to a habitual cycle of something. Yeah. So in other words, let me bring it to terminology we can understand. If you have had a whole four or five generations of adultery in your bloodline. It's a, it might be a generational curse. All right. And it might be the iniquities of the fathers that have fallen down because this adultery keeps happening. Because we see David in adultery. We see David in lust. And now here in 2 Samuel chapter 13, we see his son in lust. Yeah, go ahead. I'm teaching this thing. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh, no. Now meet me right here at 2 Samuel chapter 13. I'm the NIV version. Starting verse 1. In the course of time, Ammon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, yeah. the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Mm -hmm. Now listen to this. Tamar is Amnon's half-sister. Uh -huh. Same day, different moms. How many yeah. got them? Come on. Half-sister, half-brother. I'm, this, this is the Bible. See, y'all, y'all, you think your stuff's so jacked up, right. baby? Don't get this ain't new. There's right. nothing new under the sun. That's right. Come on, come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some of y'all got the same daddy giving moms. It's all right. That's right. Amen. Get to know your family and don't you know what this ain't the one I need to choose to sleep with. Amen. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to get you free. Yeah. In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, his half sister, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Now, Amnon and Absalom, all these people family. They brothers. David is their daddy. Verse 2. Amnon became so obsessed. Yeah. Listen at the wording. With his sister it. Tamar. That he made himself ill. Yeah. Have you ever been sick in love? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh, you just can't get over it. He on your mind. She on your mind. I mean, Lord, I can't eat. I can't sleep. I mean, I can't get over oh, it. She just made me. <laughs> I mean, that kind of love. This made me just twirl for 
God. And get sick. He's like, man, I can't, I can't eat. I can't yeah. eat. Those girls are like, what do I do? So now, let's read the scripture. Yeah. Is this not better than the half and half nuts? Amnon became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. She was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now, you gotta point something out. She's a hot commodity. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Come on. Her yeah, stock is valuable. Yeah. Right? Because she's a virgin. Yeah, and yeah. virgins are protected. Yeah. Because they don't want men who are loose right. to take advantage of her right. and to begin to abuse her or rape her and take her away from her virginity. Right. She's protected in the palace. You got to tell the story. You got to
you have these mindsets, yeah. these right. images yeah. from these previous relationships. So now here come this old cousin, Jonadab, spending the weekend for the week, you know, for the summer. And he over there hanging out with Anna, you know, giving him this play. He said, when your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Look at this joke. Let her prepare the food in my sight so that I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. Come on. Now, this is the thing. Because Amnon is being prepared and pushed by lust, he doesn't have any consciousness of what's right. Because he doesn't have to go through with the plan that John Dad brings to him. Right. Well. See, a lot of us have the ear, we have people in our ear that want to see us fall. That's right. They want to see you miserable in your relationship, so they tell you all the stuff that kept them all jacked up. Yeah. That's right. And they won't give you sure wisdom. They won't give you anything that's going to help build you or help make things better. They want to keep you in that rut. So he said, he said, so in verse 6, so Amnon lay down and pretend to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and make, now wait a minute, did y'all back that thing up again? Right. Did y'all miss that? Earlier he kept saying, Absalom, my sister. Uh -huh. Now when he go to his daddy, he says, my sister. See y'all, sin is cunning. Yes. Oh my God, this yes. thing is good. Sin is cunning. He is trying to manipulate the situation yes. so that Right. And see, this is what is causing this dysfunction. And you're going to see the pain is going to come out of this. And we're going to be just, oh, Jesus, thing is good. Let me just keep reading. He said, I would like my sister to come and make me some special bread in my sight so I may eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace. I, I told you these is kingdom people. Uh -huh. Living at the palace is going down. Yeah. Go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. Amnon got his own crib. They got money. I keep telling y'all. So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made the bread in his sight, and baked it. Oh, these some good cornbread muffins here, baby. Yeah. Oh, these cornbread muffins got something different in them. Come on. They got that good cornbread. That good cornmeal got something in it that just make it do something when you eat it. He said, so then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. So this joke ain't really hungry. Right. He got another agenda. Right. He said, send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him because Amnon has authority because he's the king's son. Go ahead. And he has people that are working for him. This is palace royalty. This is King David's family. He said, then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom so I may eat from your hand. Uh -huh. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. Now, these they sisters, they, right. Right. And they no problem with her going to his bedroom. Right. She doesn't know the intent of his heart. Right. Right. She's acting as a sister. She's coming to care for him. For him. But he has another mindset, another agenda. Because he's operating in a dysfunction that's on his bloodline. Come on. That lust from his dad. Come on. He said that Amnon said to Tamar, bring your food into my bedroom so that I may eat before your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it, brought it into her brother Amnon in his bedroom. But when she took it to, to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. Uh -huh. yeah. It's his sister now. Right. Once again, he's trying to manipulate the situation. He says, come to bed with me, my sister. It's verse 12. No, my brother. This is Adam. This is Tamar speaking. She said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? If she is raped, not only raped, but also the Bible is clearly say if this would actually be incest because it's a half sister, but right. you're talking about rape and incest. She said, "Where is this going to lead me?" Because right. in the culture of the Bible, where we're at right here, women don't have the same value or rights yeah. as a man. Yeah. Men control the culture in the Bible in this particular setting. Right. So she says, "Where would I be? Because I'm gonna be in disgrace, right. and you're gonna see it in the scripture. We get that." Verse 13, what about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You would be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. She said, you're going to be in disgrace too. She's trying to reason with him right. to give him the opportunity to get out of this. Right. God will always give you a way of escape. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. 
In the midst of this drama, in the midst of this struggle, God will present a way of escape. But Amnon does not yield to the way of escape. Right. He said, please speak to the king. He said, you will be like one of the wicked fools. Please speak to the king. He will not keep this. Her still talking. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. Right. Now, she gives even opportunities. If you go to your daddy, the king, right. he might grant where we can get married because we're only half sister and half brother. Uh -huh. This is the culture. That don't do this today. <laughs> I got to keep going. This is the culture of the Bible. This is not 21st century. Right. Don't you go find that. It's about who's this? No, don't do it. You're going to have issues and problems. He said, please speak to the king. He will not keep you from being mentioned. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Dysfunction, hurt, pain that he has seen through the bloodline is now coming up through him. And look at what happens in verse 15. Then Adonai hated her with intense hatred. Now, how come this go? He was all over this chick. Right. Some cornbread muffins with some greens on the side. Right. Now, all of a sudden, he hated her. Because every time he sees her, he hates what he done. Yeah. It reminds him of him being less than. It yeah. reminds him of him missing the mark. It reminds him of his transgression. It reminds him of the iniquity. So now he hates her based on what he's done and the way he sees himself. And he knows that it was wrong. In fact, he hated her more than he loved her. Yeah. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. What? Oh, you gonna treat me like a cheap date? <laughs> get up and get out. No love, no affection. Y'all seen the movies? Right. Think like a man. She got up and a note there. I had to go. He was not ready to commit. He wasn't looking for nothing. So verse 16, no, she said to him, sending me away will be a greater wrong than what you have already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of my sight and bolt the door after him. His personal servant, money, royalty, the king's palace. He has authority, he has position, and he's using it to his benefit. Now he tells people to come and put her out, bolt the door. So his servant put her out and bolt the door after her. She was wearing an ordinate robe, for this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. So she had an outward apparel that showed she was a virgin, yeah. but you come touch her, and she was royalty. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ooh, the look of love. Y'all got to be ready for next week. Pastor needs to go tag team with me on that one. The look of love. What are you wearing to attract things to you? Well, woo, come on. Ooh. Come on. It's going to get tight, but it's going to be right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Baby, you got to get you some good stuff that's going to work. Amen. Amen. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. He said, so she had on the garment and said, Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her ornament robe she was wearing because she's no longer a virgin. She put her hands on her head and went away weeping aloud as she went. Now look at the trauma that's come upon her life. Look at the tragedy. Look at the pain. Look at the hurt. And somewhere there's a man that's going to come find that little girl. That young lady that was hurt at that moment, and then you're going to marry her, and you're going to find out that little girl's going to rise up because it was never dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That place of pain and disappointment and frustration where that man of years ago had abused and neglected and taken advantage of her, it's going to hinder and come into the relationship down the line if you don't deal with that issue. You don't allow God's love to come in and to remove the pain, remove the stain. Her brother Absalom said to her, has that Amnon, your brother, been with you? Now, Absalom knew, because Jonadab's cousin, they all family, Jonadab probably told him the stuff that he probably, he probably told him and said, look, man, I got a thing for your sister. So as soon as he saw her, he said he knew something was wrong because her virgin clothes were ripped, and the last place she was at was at Amnon's house. So you don't need no GPS track on nobody's phone back then. Right, right. You better keep with the Holy Spirit, baby. GPS right. will fail you. It will tell you. It will be lose signal, lose information. I can't get a signal. We calculate. We calculate. If you get the Holy Spirit, that thing will recalculate and readjust every time. It will get you right on track. It'll let you know, yeah, he's going to work at 3 o'clock and he did at 4 o'clock. He had an hour in between. That you're going to miss some time. You better call him up and see if he's there. The Holy Ghost will give it to you, baby. That's what will happen. You better get 
feel like I'm in the beach of the Bahamas every day. <laughs> <laughs> How you gonna deal with it? You gotta put on shorts and a tank top. That like it's the beach. That's right. That's you right. You gotta make it work. That's right. You gotta make it work. Make adjustments. That's right. She want it hot. Baby, I can walk her. She's talking. She's talking about me all the time. I wear shorts year round because I never know when she's gonna get hot. Lived in it for 450 years, and now they're gonna be blue. 
Now you meet somebody, you got to do a background check, right. another background check, find out they get on marriage most morning, train the jail system, put, your name, put that name in IDOC, you need a social security number. How many states you got warrants in? Have you ever did identity theft? Have you been another person? You got to ask this question, have you been another person? Because this is the thing we live in. No, my name is Simple Baby. No, my name is no, now 21st century. My name is George Jones. Yes, I grew up okay. in DCFS <laughs> for three years. Then I moved my grandma for two years. <laughs> and then I started working on my own. I worked in KFC when I was 15. Uh -huh. And then my cousin and them, they came back and they got me. I went to live with them because I got homeless. And, and then uh -huh. I was beat up a lot because they had didn't like me. Right. And then I started having kids at 17. I got a little baby. That's my baby mama. At 19, I had another baby with another lady. That's baby mama number two. So now, how you doing? My name is Jonas Jones. I'd like to meet you. Can you handle all of that? Yes. Y'all gotta ask the Yeah. 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 Yeah.